0: to everyone this evening, and uh, if you're a guest, we're glad to have you on this Thursday evening and this holiday season, and uh, if you're not a guest and you come all the time, we're, we're glad to have you too. Uh, so welcome, and I know we've got folks that are joining us online, uh, especially some that uh, may not be feeling well, so we welcome them as a part of this service tonight. To, to catch up, I think that's, I think that issue is on my iPad, not on the media. Let's, uh, oh, did we get it? There we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read two verses before you are seated. Paul says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. And if you study this out some, most scholars agree that Paul is the man that was caught up into the third heaven, that uh, he, he, he was saying it this way so as not to come across as being uh, braggadocious about his experiences, and, and so he's talking about himself, what he experienced, but Trying to do it in a way that that's kind of um, uh, with some humility. Uh, this this probably is going in my thirty plus years of preaching. This probably is going to be the most unconnected title for a verse for verses of scripture. <laughs> we'll get there, but. At first, that's going to make no sense. I want to talk to you tonight, Sunday, uh, or whenever it was exactly. It may have been early Sunday morning as I was preparing to preach Sunday. And uh, I I used, touched on this a little bit in my message Sunday, but as I was doing what I was doing for Sunday, I felt pretty quickly that I would be uh, speaking about this tonight. And so I... I want to talk to you tonight about some lessons from Everest. If you can tell me what in the world that has to do with what Paul said, I'm, I might go get you a Christmas gift. I don't know. but Lord, thank you for the privilege of being here tonight. and We're in that time of year when there's a lot of extra things going on and we're distractions. Life seems to be a little bit busier than normal, but we've gathered tonight, Lord, once again to be in your presence, to lift up your name and honor you, and also to make ourselves available to you, Lord, that whatever you want to do in us tonight, whatever you want to say, whatever work you want to accomplish in us, that it would be done. We open our hearts, our spirits to your word, to your spirit tonight pray again tonight lord that you would let me be a conduit a messenger that you would speak through in the name of Jesus Christ Jesus name amen god bless you you may be seated he says i i i i was caught up or there was a man who was caught up into the into the third heaven whether in the body or out of the body, and and again, if you if you study it out, it 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 appears as though this was not just a vision, this was not just a dream that that this was an experience that Paul was having, and so maybe that's another reason why he chose not to put himself out there because it'd be it'd be hard enough to believe it and. He said it was his experience. Maybe somebody would have wanted to just argue and, and debate with him. But, but uh, it, what an experience that Paul had. And I will tell you, uh, I'll tell you at the get-go, I have no idea why the Lord will never just give me just some nice, fluffy, foo-foo topic in the middle of a holiday season or around the holidays. I, I, one of these days... Maybe. I, I, it's been referenced. Somebody said one time who transferred into Antioch from another apostolic church that that we never have throwaway services, and and that doesn't mean that we hang from the fans every service and bounce off the walls. But I will tell you, uh, myself and others, what no matter what the service is, even if it's the Thursday before. Christmas we we don't come to just go through the motions and 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 I don't mean this offensively you may choose to do that but by the help of the Lord those who have a responsibility to lead that that's not it and so that's kind of why I don't expect ever to just get a fluffy nice little you know holiday whatever just to make us all feel better you can put Christmas carols on in the car when you leave and that'll help you feel better but I want to, and, and and many of you here tonight have been around here a long time, so you're familiar with my ministry, but all throughout my ministry, God used very practical things many times as the inspiration or source of direction for what I teach or preach, and tonight's probably going to be a little more uh, uh, down in the weeds on, on this than I would normally do, but, but it's it's, again... Uh, Sunday morning, early. I, I kind of felt that this would be the case. So I, I, I want to get you. I want you just to get a little perspective on this. Mount Everest is the it is the tallest mountain in the world. It is twenty nine thousand and twenty nine feet above sea level. To put that in a little bit of context, the Burj Khalif tower is two thousand seven hundred and twenty two feet. And what many of you here may be more familiar with and perhaps have even seen in person, the Empire State Building is only 1,454 feet. And then to maybe give you a little more frame of reference, the tallest, the highest peak in Maryland is a little over 3,000 feet. Some of those mountains you drive across on Route 68 in western Maryland are a little bit over 1,000 feet. So put that in perspective of of Mount Everest, that it's 29,000 feet. Commercial airlines typically fly 32,000 feet to 40,000 feet or so. So a a commercial airline is only about 3,000 feet above the peak. That's pretty high. I know you're just sitting there in wowed awe. So there, there, there is no other. There's no other. There's no other mountain like it in the world. <laughs> and and the crazy thing is, is that it is it is it's kind of the epitome of, of 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 mountain climbing. I mean, if you're going to climb, if you're a serious mountain climber, why not climb the highest mountain? That there is. But it is an interesting process, as I, as I referenced a few tidbits on Sunday, and I will come back to this here probably in a few moments, but it is actually a several-month process. As a, as a kid, when we were on one of our camping trips down in, in Shenandoah National Park, there were a group, of, a, group of, a group of guys that went and climbed what is called Old Rag Mountain. anybody ever climb Old Rag Mountain? anybody ever heard of Old Rag Mountain? Yeah, a couple of you have. And I was too young to go on that. Years later, uh, my dad, when I was older, teenage years, he organized a trip, and we. We went down there and climbed it, and then about, I think, about eight or nine years ago now, during Ladies' Conference one year, a group of us guys loaded up in a 15-passenger van, and we went down and we climbed Old Rag Mountain. It it took us about, I think, about six six to eight hours, the the ascent and then the descent, but it's a several-hour drive from here uh, we drive down there, you climb it, you come back. There, there really wasn't a whole lot of planning and forethought that went into climbing that mountain. There was no training that went in in advance. You, you you didn't have to be in great shape. A couple of guys just decided, let's go do it. But that's that's not the way it works to climb the highest mountain in the world. It's way more intentional. It takes way more time and and bear with me as I give you just some some trivial, if you will, information, but, but we'll get to some spiritual application with it. There, there is, and I, I've got the references listed here if you want to check my work and my research. I'm, I'm not like college presidents who are on the hot seat for plagiarism, at least not intentionally, so um, anyway, probably shouldn't have said that, but I couldn't resist, so this company this company on their website lists qualification this is this is some of the qualification your your climbing resume you should have you should have previous glacier travel experience anybody got great glacier travel experience you you should have experience at altitudes above six thousand meters so that's about eighteen thousand feet right roughly you you need to have familiarity with skills needed for a cold, remote, and heavy glaciated peak. boy, some of you are just raring to go aren't you? Some of you are f- upset about the fact we're heading into winter forget forget that i i I won't read all the rest. you can read and 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 then those uh the, the those are some of the the uh the uh um the prerequisites to climbing. Uh, for this company, at least for climbing mount everest is is uh, mount Rainier and and denali and in in Alaska and some other places that that you you don 't just decide we 're getting in a van and we 're going down to climb old rag Mountain what it what it takes to climb everest what What the photographers do not show are the difficulties of operating at these extreme altitudes. It is a physically demanding ascent requiring enormous determination and stamina. An expedition to Everest is not a place for those who will give up when the going gets uncomfortable or strenuous. Days can be up to 15 hours long, and although we have lightened the loads you personally carry by having enough Sherpa support to carry your equipment, and a Sherpa's the guide if you haven't heard that term before, the days are still arduous and taxing, especially over the seven to nine weeks, the seven to nine weeks of the expedition. And as I said on Sunday, two companies, I think this was one of them, two companies, it's somewhere around $73,000. The combination of equipment and travel and, and the guides and all of that stuff, $73,000. Can I sign anybody up tonight? I'm thinking if I'm spending 73000 on something, it ain't on no climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> you want to pay me $73,000 to climb it, I might consider, but I don't even know if I'd climb it for $73,000 because me and heights don't mix well. The outcome... Now watch this. Here we go. Get ready. We're going to start making some connections here. The outcome of the expedition will be determined by three broad groups of fast factors. The first is environmental weather and snow conditions, etc. The second is the logistical approach taken by the expedition leaders and the strategies employed to embark on a summit bid. The third is your own preparation in the years prior to the expedition and how you perform whilst the expedition is underway. We can help design a training program that will both physically and mentally prepare you for the climb, but you need to commit... The time and energy to ensure you attain the correct conditioning. There are three factors, they say, that have to do with the outcome of the expedition. The first factor is the environment. I will continue to say this church, this congregation is a long ways from perfect. Come on, come on. Man, I'm. Thankful I didn't get a bunch of amens on that. I got some come ons and I, and I'll take those. I, I was a little nervous. I was going to get some hearty amens, but I didn't get any. That's that's encouraging. We got a long way to go, but I'm going to tell you something. There is an environment here. There are some environmental conditions here that give you the best opportunity to climb your Everest. There, I've heard it several times. I just heard it again Sunday. It's so encouraging when guests show up and 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 they 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 reference whether I just felt something here I've never felt before, and and I, I just felt the presence of God in a way that I've never felt it before. There is an environment that is a an environment that is conducive for you to climb Everest. The second factor is the logistical approach taken by the expedition leaders and the strategies employed to embark on a summit bid. I'm going to tell you something. There are some awesome expedition leaders in this congregation. There's some some spiritual Sherpas here. (laughs) that have got some wisdom and guidance and years of experience and relationship with God, walking with God and, and, and knowing how to navigate the challenges in the ups and downs of life and, and knowing how to sell out to ministry and sell out to God and sell out to the kingdom. Do you know, I, I, I've, I've learned this in just the last couple of years. There's some things that for a little bit I was starting to think were some kind of flaw that we had. And and I'm coming to learn the fact that it's not it has nothing to do with us. It's it's life. And I I, I, I learned one of these things I learned a couple of years ago in in conversation with Brother Mike Yu. He goes I I think once a month or so to uh what's the name? Heritage Ginger Cove and ministers there to, to a, a lot of senior citizens and a, a lot of older people. And, and several years ago, he, we, we, we got in conversation and he was sharing about some of the way some of those folks feel there, pushed to the side, neglected, not as influential or whatever as they used to be. And I started going, hmm, this isn't a church problem thing. This is a life thing. I Also, I don't know why it is, but, but I, I, wish, I wish somehow the elders of this congregation would, would let God settle some of your insecurities. Because there's another generation here that is in desperate need of what you have of what you've done of where you've been and the things you've learned there are some things that that I believe at the end of the day you've got to have some experiences and there's some things that that I think you just kind of have to you have to you have to you Maybe it's not that you have to learn them on your own, but until you go through some things, you don't have the perspective on them. I got a whole new perspective on the challenge of what it means to, to parent young adults, to parent married kids. My level of appreciation in the last couple of years has gone up for my parents, because I and it's been—I mean, we are blessed. The, the the three couples that God has blessed, my wife and I, as our kids and 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 in laws—they're they're wonderful. That doesn't mean it's easy. We, we've had we we've had y'all, y'all came out on the Thursday before Christmas. You're here. I might as well make best use of the time. All right. So I'm just going. I'm just gonna say, if you got, a, I don't know what time the store's close. you might get a little shopping in, and I, I don't know, but but we we have this new dynamic with with Nathaniel and Mila because the other two they don't have a whole lot of family here. In fact, Jacob doesn't have any family here, and 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 Jalen's mom moved away a couple of years ago in church in, in Illinois. Mila's got family; she's got her own big family. The traders they got they got five we got four they got five but then then I mean the traders and a bunch of families are all related here so so now I mean we're having to ju- we're this is the first year of trying to juggle <laughs> can I say to all of you I, 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 we're trying to learn this so but 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 don't 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 put your kids on some guilt trip for trying to navigate their stuff. So I I I want to I want to I make it clear I I'm saying this from the perspective of, of 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 some awesome daughters and sons-in-law and son and daughter-in-law. This is a challenge. You don't have the same authority you used to have. <laughs> you, you, it, your word doesn't carry the same weight it used to used to. Whatever I say went. It doesn't work that way anymore. With as much love and respect as they give me, it doesn't work that way. I, I didn't. I, I I couldn't relate to that years ago. <laughs> I can relate now. So there's some things that it's not until you go through some stuff you can appreciate. Right, right, right. But I, I, I'm going to say it again that. That you, that you there's there's elders in this congregation some of you you're not here tonight hopefully you're either watching or you will watch later but but you've got so much wisdom and the enemy's trying to get you to get pushed off in a corner the insecurities and nobody wants what i have and nobody's interested that's a that's a lie from the pit of hell i'm not mistaken paul said that the the elder women are what? I, I'm not trying to be unkind, but Paul didn't say the elder women are supposed to wait for the young women to come around and ask them for wisdom. That's right. That's not what it says. There, 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 is, there, there are some expedition leaders here. I've said it before. If, If, if you've ever sat around jealous and envious, Uh, Especially for the guys, if you've ever sat around jealous and envious of of how much time Brother Yu has invested in some people, I am 99% sure that the great majority of those people that Brother Yu has invested in, he hasn't gone and hounded them and sought them out. Many of them have come to him. So some of you younger folks need to look around, and I mean this affectionately, but you need to look around at some of the gray heads and if they won't seek you out, you need to seek them out, because there are some mountains, and I mean that in a positive context there are some mountains for this next generation to climb but you're not supposed to climb that mountain all by yourself, you're not supposed to figure out the path to get there, and figure out all the things you need to get there there are some people God has put in your life yeah. Come on. the sad thing is for some of you I realize you don't have family and some of you young people young adults you don't have fam- parents in the church but for those of you that are that do it is one of the biggest tricks of the enemy to get young people to think the last people they need to get advice from is mom and dad I just noticed something recently in the le- just in the last couple of months my numbers may not be absolutely exact. I shared some of this it made to be pure. My numbers may not be 100% accurate, but they're pretty close. If you if you search the term my son, if you do a co- concordance search of my son, there's like 23 times in the book of Proverbs where you will find that phrase my son and I believe it's, it's, it's all but two, so I think it's 23 total, 21 of those that my son is followed by some kind of instruction. Not necessarily a command, but an instruction. Sometimes it's like, my son, here hear wor- are hear, hear the words of, of, of your father and the whatever of your mother. And then it's, it's like, 44 times, which would include the my son, but 44 times in the book of Proverbs you will find the word son. 44 times. You know what I've, I've come to the conclusion of in the last couple of weeks, one of the primary underlying themes of the book of Proverbs is a father trying to impart wisdom to his son, and it's sad how many times the last person, some young people in the church, with parents in the church, the last person you'll go to for advice is your mom or your dad. The trick of the enemy. Well, the first thing is environment. The second thing is, is, is the, the, uh, the leaders. But the third thing, and I'm going to tell you tonight, this is, this is where my burden has been. Those that are part of the minister's training class. You've heard this in some former or fashion over the last year or two, but'm going to this is where my burden is right now, because the bottom line is it comes down to you. The environment may be right, the conditions may be right. The expedition leaders, the guides may be right, they may be there, but, but it comes down to your hunger and your desire. The environment and the leaders can be there, but if you don't have a made-up mind to do what is necessary to prepare yourself for the mountains God has intended for you to summit in your life, you're not going to get there. there is a there there is a danger in this generation when we're not willing to sacrifice like previous generations when we want to we want to live with our 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 boundaries and and our our you know our quality God, you can use me as long as it doesn 't interfere with this or or as long as it doesn 't do that as long as it doesn 't overstep here and it, it doesn 't work that way. Bible says a man through desire separates himself, so the the conditions may be right the 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 leaders the 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 mentors whatever you want to call them may be there but the third thing comes down to your preparation and you setting your priorities i i i don't want to say this in an unkind way but 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 there's still people sitting in this congregation in the course of the last couple of years you, you, you're, you're, you're just stagnant. Well, I don't really know what to do, Pastor. Well, let me tell you something. In that same time period, you've been stagnant. You see that table back there? There's some people that have been digging into stuff there and growing. So we, we, it, it's not hard to talk the talk, folks. It is not hard to talk the talk. Year and a half ago, early, like more than a year and a half, we're at the end of the year. Beginning of 2022, Brother Caleb Herring was here preaching, made an appeal for, for church planters, those that feel like they were called to be church planters. There was a whole group of people that filled up this spot over here. We have the environment, there's expedition leaders. What are you waiting on? Just, I, I just said this one again in the minister's training class a couple of Sundays ago, and I've referenced it, I think, up here, but I, 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 had, I don't ever remember hearing this story until just a couple of years ago with Brother Grossbach. And, and him, this, and him making up his mind as a part of going to Africa that he wanted to become a pilot, wanted to get his pilot's license so that he could travel around. And and at the time he was working at the church. I'll say the same thing I said in the ministers' training class. I I don't know if I, I I'm assuming Brother Grossbach did not go to bishop, which would he would have been pastor at the time, but. I'm assuming he didn't go and ask him for help with those pilot's license because I, I, knowing Bishop, and, and I'll say it, knowing my dad, my dad's one of the givingest people I know. I, don't, I would be so shocked if Brother Grossbach had gone to, to, to Bishop Wright and said, Bishop Wright, I'd like to get my pilot's license. Do you think the church could help me? And, and Bishop said, no, I don't see how that would have happened. Working at the church, he got a second job as a security guard and would work Saturday nights all night long. Go home if possible, get an hour or two of sleep and be at church on time, usually with a guest. You know what that is? That's making up my mind. That's making up your mind. There's an Everest I want to climb, and we're not going to just load up in the van and drive down and climb it. It's going to take time. It's going to take months, perhaps even years, of preparation to be ready to climb that mountain. Physical fitness. It says that. Mountaineering requires a high degree of physical stamina and mental toughness. Even for the healthiest and fittest individuals, climbing mountains qualifies as an extremely challenging endeavor. So here's what you need to do if you're going to climb Everest. Start immediately. Start a rigorous fitness and training program now with the goal of arriving in top physical condition and confident in your skills. Be intentional. Focus on gaining the necessary strength, stamina, and skills To meet the physical and technical demands of the climb. Be sports specific. The best fitness and training program mimics the physical and technical demands of your climbing objective. The closer you get to your program date, the more your training should resemble the climbing. How many of you got some Everests God has put within your spirit to climb one day? You... You know it's out there. Maybe maybe some of you know the specifics of it. Others of you, maybe you don't know this, but there's just something that says there's something out there that that God has for me. It's going to take some spiritual fitness, and it's going to take spiritual discipline, and you're not just going to show up one day and just step in. We all would love... To have that third heaven stuff, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but but he saw things that were unspeakable he that 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 makes everest look like a foothill. Come on. Come on. Paul didn't get there accidentally he he didn't get there by chance. How long is an expedition? The best weather for reaching the top of Everest typically arrives in the second half of May, but preparations for a successful ascent begin months, months, months beforehand. Most teams assemble in Kathmandu in late March to begin acclimatization as they As they trek toward base camp, their base camp support staff and high altitude workers are already on the mountain carrying loads and preparing the route to the summit. In April, climbers make several make several overnight forays, rotations in Everest parlance to successfully hire camps up the mountain to acclimatize while the first teams of Nepalese guys reach the summit. By the second week in May, teams hope to have an established trail of several miles of fixed ropes leading from base camp to the summit with several well-stocked camps along the way. After a final rest, Some teams will even decamp the mountain entirely to spend a few nights at lower elevation for maximum recovery. The summit push push normally takes place over an arduous four to five days round trip from base camp. If all goes well, most Everest climbers are done with the mountain and on their way home the beginning of June. I believe I'm sitting amongst some people tonight. There's some of you, you've got some big spiritual dreams. And I believe God put those dreams in your heart. Not just some wild imagination you came up with, but some things God put in your spirit. But You don't just wake up one morning and suddenly you're in it. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden God hands it to you. There's there's effort, there's work, there's preparation, there's time, there's prayer. If the only time you ever fast is when a a church fast is called, you're not going to climb your Everest. I told you I wish I had something fluffy for you tonight. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. You've got to make up your mind. One of the biggest, I don't think I have this, I I, I don't have much more of some of this information. I don't think I have this in there, but uh, one, of, as you can well imagine, one of the biggest challenges is the higher you go, the less oxygen there is. Remember we went to, Colorado, all of my my brother and his family, my parents, and then um, my wife and us and, and our four kids before we started getting all these wonderful additions. And I forget how many thousands of feet are the, the house we stayed in was. But 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 my wife spent pretty much just about the whole trip in the bed with horrible headache from lack of oxygen. They now now since COVID I've seen them here in a lot of different places, but it was a very common thing to walk into stores, grocery stores. Most grocery stores had, had shelves with, with oxygen cans. If you're trying to cr- climb the Everest God has for you to climb. You, you're not going to get there on the same level of oxygen. You're not going to get there by coming here and breathing Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday night. You're going to have to learn how to tap into a source of oxygen between you and Jesus. You're going to have to learn how to breathe between you and Him when nobody else is around and, and when the atmospheric circumstances are not the best. This is interesting. This is a National Geographic. The, the actual summit of the mountain is a small dome of snow. About the size of a dining room table, there's room for a half dozen or so climbers to stand and enjoy the view. Although on busy days, mountaineers must ter- must take turns to truly stand on top of the world. I tried to I tried to get an answer, an official answer, or. or an official answer from somewhere about how how much time is usually spent at the summit. The best I could find is one of these forums where people post and somebody who knows who answers. One person said the the, the basic amount of time that's spent at the peak at the summit is long enough to get a few pictures. (laughs) Months of preparation, months of demanding physical activity and exercise to only have a few moments at the peak of it all. I I use these verses that I started with several weeks ago. It wasn't that long ago. Connected with the verses in Isaiah where it says that that we will, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And that, that the thing you and I are going to spend the most amount of time doing in our walk with God is, is that. It's walking. You're not going to spend the majority of time on the on the on the summit of your Everest you're going to spend a lot of time working and 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 climbing and striving to get there and 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 it's going to be a it'll be a great view it'll be a great experience but you don't get to stay long cuz it's now on to the next thing Jesus gets on top of the the mountain with Peter, James and John and 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 uh was it uh Elijah and Moses, right? Is that right? Show up there and old Peter, he's always Got something to say. Sometimes it's good, other times it gets himself in trouble. Peter speaks up, Lord, it is, it's good for us to be here. Let's build some tabernacles and stay. No, no, Peter, this is, this is just the summit. We needed to get here. We, we're not supposed to stay here. This, this is a part of the the process and this is a this is a part of the path for us but this is not where we're supposed to stay you got to be careful when you get so caught up and getting to the summit because you think you're going to stay there you're going to be sorely disappointed it's a lot of work to get there it's a lot of commitment it's a lot of dedication it's a lot of effort to get there you don't stay long because God's not intending for you to stay there. Because while Everest may be the tallest peak there is in the world, God's always got another peak. And I'm saying this tonight, and you know, I, I preach and I'll probably preach in the future. Tribulation, worketh patience, patience, experience, experience, hope. And every new problem or trial or test you go through is probably worse than the last one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking this in a good context tonight. Whatever the peak is, you've ascended and made it to the summit of, God now has another one for you to climb. And it's, it's higher than that one. It's better than that one. It's a, it's a better view. It's a better experience. Your successes in your walk with God and in ministry are not intended to make you content and complacent. They're intended to stir up hunger and desire for more. Paul, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, there, there is no other foundation that can be laid but Jesus Christ. That's it. But Then he says this, Every man is going to build on that foundation. He's, and he's talking in the context of, I mean, the, the book is being written to saints, so he's talking to saints. Every saint is going to build on that foundation, but they're, they're going to have to decide what are they going to build on that foundation with. Are they going to build with gold, silver, and precious stones? Or are they going to build with wood, hay, and stubble? And he says there will be a time in which that work, your works, will be tried with fire. They'll be proven with fire and the, and the things that were built with, with silver, gold, and precious stones will withstand because fire doesn't damage those things. Fire only purifies those. But wood, hay, and stubble... They're consumed in the fire. But then, then Paul makes a statement, and I, I, I think there's some stuff here that I know I haven't fully wrapped my brain around, and, and I don't, maybe nobody has, but, but Paul then says, that He says this, even though those who built with wood, hay, and stubble, their works are going to be consumed, they will be saved. That, that's one of the reasons why we're not supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves. We're not supposed to judge ourselves by ourselves. Because if you are trying to get to where God has you to go, you, you can't be comparing to what somebody's building with wood, hay, and stubble. I think part of the application of what Paul is saying there is, is the it's the walk with God, the relationship with God that we're building. It's, it's our life of devotion. Are we trying to get by on cheap materials? Are we trying to get by with it costing us as little as possible? Or are we willing to invest everything? Are we willing to do what Paul said and present ourselves as a living sacrifice? Not just a part of us. Not just certain areas. Doing a Bible study this morning and we we were on this general area. And I, I, I I made this point. I hope surely every Holy Ghost filled person tonight knows this. There are, you know, we, we talk, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, woo the Ten Commandments, there were hundreds. It, isn't it 500 and something, or is it 600 and something? 613, 613. 613. And people think they're doing great when they memorize the Ten. 613 Commandments that cover every area of life, business, clothing, food, relationships, etc., etc., etc. You've heard me mention it before, but it's 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 one of them that just, just, I think it's almost a little bit humorous. There, There is a commandment that basically says, if you have a house with a flat roof, you need to put a fence around that roof so no one falls off the roof. What in the world? I believe the point of those 613 commandments is God was establishing the pattern that I intend to have control over every area of your life. And there's a lot of people that are happy for God to have control of their Sunday morning. And there's others that are okay if God has Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then there's a group for here, at least, that are okay with Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday night. But, but the rest, no. No, it's all supposed to be here. I, I don't know how we think. Oh, Lord. I don't know how we think we're going to see the greatest move of God that's ever happened in the history of the world and we're just going to we're just going to sit around drinking coffee all day and then jump in the van and go down and climb the mountain. Not talking about salvation tonight. Hello Pastor, right, My, you can't earn, no, you can't earn salvation. And then and, and there's, you know, your your salvation's not about works. No, your salvation is not about works. But I can show you throughout Scripture where there will be rewards based on your works. God will reward you in eternity based on your works. Not talking about salvation right now, your works. How how did how did Paul get to that Everest where he was in that third heaven and not saying this is the only thing, but I think this is kind of a description of it. Second Corinthians eleven twenty two in the Passion Translation he says, Are are these super apostles of your Hebrews? I am too. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? Me too. Are they servants of the anointed one? I'm beside myself when I speak this way, but I am much more of a servant than they. I have worked much harder for God, taken more beatings and been dragged to more prisons than they. I've been flogged excessively multiple times, even to the point of death. Let me just The Message Bible, I, I think the Message Bible just makes it really plain what Paul's saying there. I can't believe I'm saying these things. It's crazy to talk this way, but I started and I'm going to finish. I, I can't believe I'm talking about myself in this way. I can't believe I'm bragging, but i'm I'm in it now so 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 what does he say? Five times I've received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced being beaten with rods. Once they stoned me. Three times I've been shipwrecked for an entire night and a day I was adrift in the open sea. In my difficult travels I've faced many dangerous situations, perilous perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even mine own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness with storms at sea and with spies posing as believers. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. I've frequently been deprived of food and water, left hungry and shivering out in the cold, lacking proper clothing. And understand, he's saying, I went through all of these things because of the kingdom's sake. He didn't suffer all these things because of his bad financial decisions. He wasn't suffering all these things just because he had some bad luck. He was suffering all these things directly related to his place and his purpose in the kingdom. He was shipwrecked, not on a 14-day cruise in the Bahamas. He was shipwrecked as a prisoner for what he had been preaching and doing and He says, in addition to all that, besides all these painful circumstances, I have the daily pressure of my responsibility for all the churches with a deep concern weighing heavily on my heart for their welfare. I don't say this to try to gain sympathy or pity or whatever, but it's my calling and I'm thankful for it. But I don't don't, don't know what it's like to, to go on vacation and turn your job off. Doesn't doesn't happen. That's what Paul Paul said. I got all this other, and then I got the care of. But 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 look look at what he's saying there. All of you know what all of those things were. Those things were the weeks and the months of preparation to go up into the third heaven. See, we 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 want to go to the third heaven. By getting an Amazon discount, we 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 went the other day. Uh, I forget what. Oh, they had gotten done with worship practice, and somehow I ended up with my my wife and Elizabeth. Jacob was working. My wife Elizabeth and and James and and we had grabbed a bite to eat, and they were they were going to this store. Uh, I think it's called Once Upon a Child, I think, over in Crofton, this consignment shop for babies. And Elizabeth came walking out with a bunch of name brand clothes. My wife said we were sitting in the car waiting on her to come out. She said you, she, what, what she just paid for big old amounts of clothes. If you had gone to the store, she may have gotten one or two outfits for the amount she just paid. Let me tell you something. Declan, I wish there were, but there are no consignment shops for callings. Julian, I wish there were, but there's, there's no consignment shops where you can go get a name brand calling, but you can pay a cheap price. I will tell you, because of the blessings of God upon previous generations, the next generation may not pay the price in the same way, but you got to pay a price. I was thinking about it again today. My parents drove into this town in 1970 with $300 to their name. I don't know. Anybody give me a rough estimate? What would that be in today's terms? $300 in 1970 versus today. What? 1,500. probably not. I wouldn't guess much more than that. But Bart, can you imagine what it would be like. I mean, even for no kids. I wasn't born yet. Just the two of them, but still. I, I promise, I'll try to find somebody else to pick on. But we got some good Christmas presents for you, so you gotta love me anyway. Imagine. Imagine up and leaving, going into some town with, let's just say fifteen fifteen hundred dollars. How's that fit your 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 budget and your family planning and all the? How's that fit that? Don't get me wrong. If you've been around here long, you know I value family. I value. Healthy, I value all that stuff, but that you you can't make that the God. We're not here tonight by chance. It was somebody that was willing to spend weeks and months, years of preparation, sacrifice to get to the peak. So no, I, I I haven't. I haven't had to make the sacrifices in the same way. You've heard the stories through the years of Bishop and Mother Wright eating banana sandwiches and drinking sweet tea. In case you're new and you've never heard it, let's clarify, banana sandwiches, that's bananas with mayonnaise and sugar. Not peanut butter or whatever else. We we want... We want to get to the, we, we want to step foot on the top of Everest. We say we want it. But, but have, you, have you contacted the expedition company yet? Have you put your first deposit down? Have you started your physical training? Are you exercising and getting ready? Are you, you you got your airfare ready? You got your plane ticket bought yet to get you to to, to get you to the starting point? You, you got your tent. You got your clothes. You you got all that stuff that you're going to need. Or are we just we just talking? What a what a! How many of you? Please, I I know. Most of you that can affirm this, you you have humble spirits, and you're not going to want to. But but help me out, please. How many of you have ever had a vision or a dream that God gave you? I, I mean, you, it was a, you saw almost as if it was with your, or, or you had a dream that when you woke up, you knew that dream was from God. That's an amazing experience. I've said it so many times but I, I i dream all i dream almost every night. I dreamt two nights ago that Bishop was about to be inaugurated president, and i i had joined somehow i had joined which this this josh up there on the camera right here this this had to have been a nightmare it wasn't a dream somehow I joined the army, and I was like a part of the security detail for him. Getting ready to—I mean, I did not wake up the next morning. God, what does that what did, what did that mean? I—I've met a few. I, there's a few folks been around. You need to stop trying to figure it out. I've had people come up, Pastor. I had to let me tell you my dream. I, I okay. I'll pray. I shouldn't say this, because now if I tell you this, you might be suspicious. But. In my mind, I'm thinking, I have no clue what that, what'd you eat before you went to bed? That's what I, that's what I want to ask, but I don't say it. So what I say is, you know what? I don't know, but I'll pray with you. I will pray with you. Now, watch, some of you, one of you come up with a dream, and I'm going to really mean it. And you're going to be like, yeah, right, you. But I, I, I so I, but there, there, there are one or two that I, I was pretty confident that's a wonderful experience. But again, if you read what Paul said in the verses, we started with Paul wasn't saying, man, I had this dream that was like so real. Again, you study it out. He, My understanding, Paul's saying what he's saying was, I, I took a trip. I didn't just dream about heaven. What he was saying was, I... I I, I went. Oh Paul, man, I want to go. Do you really want to go? Are you willing to suffer perils or are, are you willing to be betrayed by your your own brothers and sisters? and are you willing to be shipwrecked? or are you willing to pay the price to get there? Concerned that I'm ministering to some people here tonight that I'm, it's, not, it's not your soul that's at stake. But but what kind of works do you have when the fire comes to try them? I've said it before, i man, it's it, it's it's challenging enough when missionaries the organization that we're a part of, they, they, they they're on the road, some of them on the road. Thankfully they've made a lot of progress but years not too many years ago they they'd be on the road traveling for 2 years living out of a car and hotel rooms and for 2 years and, and 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 a lot of times in a in a different hotel room every night I I I I I walk away from meals with those missionaries with I, I feel I just I feel so stirred and challenged and 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 to be very honest sometimes I walk away just feeling guilty. Man, I, I'm going home to my house, my bed, my stuff, and they're going back to the hotel and a couple nights later they're going to and that's tough enough when it's two older people. I've sat several times now in just the last few years. I've sat it at restaurants, with families, with infants. Elizabeth is a couple times since Jake, James was born. Jacob is working; he works overnight shifts as a paramedic, and so the first couple of weeks, there was a couple of times that she would come over and spend the night at the house, and, and we'd be there to help her. And, and uh, but, but now it's get to that point where well, he, he has a routine. So I don't care. I don't know why they can't still bring him. I mean, I'm I'm happy to get up at my morning devotion time and hold him and pray. And he's got he's got his routine. He's he's getting in his routine, I, and I sit there across the table, brother Barr, from parents with the same age or or just a couple i mean yeah. some of you got toddlers you got 3 and 4 year olds and and man the routine and and i i remember I, we we had we had four six and under i know that that and, and 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 i sit there and there's no routine i'm not taking them home and putting them down in their crib every night And, and, and obviously, God has not called all of us to do that. I I'm, I believe I'm where I'm called to be doing. So I I wasn't called to do that. But but at the end of the day, that's why I shouldn't say that. I'm gonna give it a, instead of saying bottom line. I keep saying bottom line. I am now starting to say at the end of the day. So it's not the bottom line. It's just the end of the day. But but. The, Somewhere, somehow. There's something God's God's expecting from you. There, there's some training and preparation. There's some, there's some dying out to some th- some things God is expecting from you. If you're gonna climb that mountain, oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna earn your salvation by works. You get salvation by grace. You get salvation because of the mercy and the grace of God. I'm not talking about earning your salvation. Please hear me tonight. And I'm not talking about earning your calling, but I am. We, we understand the natural and the, 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 the preparation and the things that go into to being able to do certain things. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm closing. There and I, I don't mean this that you've never had some mountaintop experiences already because many of you have. But I, I, I believe with all of my heart there are people all over this sanctuary tonight that God has got some Everest's that He intends for you to climb. God's got some experiences for you and ways in which He desires to use you. But it's not just an afternoon walk in the park. You got the environment by the help and grace of God we're going to maintain it and by the help and grace of God it'll we won't just maintain it but the power and the presence of God will continue to work in greater and more powerful ways but but you got the environment you got people's around here whether it's in official roles whether it's your deacon that you're in an oikos with or young adult ministry you're under leaders or or whoever else whether it's official capacities or it's just the amazing resources that are here as this congregation you got the expedition leaders but but what are what are you doing Are you going to climb your Everest are you going to summit the peaks that God has intended for you to climb you're going to see the things that God has intended for you to see not to just hear about you know, that, that, that's a that's a that's a beautiful picture I'm going to tell you right now I will never see it in person I, 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 I'm not, I don't, if somebody walked up here right now and, and said I'd pay you 73000 no deal. I got Brother Mike Rumchick over here, he's just saying, if somebody just give me the money to do it, I'll do it. I'll go. Here am I, send me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess there, there may be a price high enough that somebody would be willing to pay you, might get me, but it. We're talking millions. <laughs> I know me. I'll stand up on this chair and my heart start racing. <laughs> Not the same. Thank God for people in this room that have s- seen the tops of some mountains in their walk with God, and hopefully them telling you about it will inspire some hunger and desire, but it ain't the same hearing it as it is seeing it. I, I don't intend to have a long drawn out altar call here, but would you just for a moment or two right where you are? We've got promises. We've we've got promises from the word of God with regards to what God is gonna do in the last days. We we've got promises in the word of god about the outpouring of the spirit of god in the last days upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and visions and we have got all those in the word of god but then then we've got things as a as a, as a church as antioch the apostolic church as a whole Promises. We've got some Everests that God has promised us. And then these last several years there have been several words that are directly to us as a congregation. And and then there's people in this room tonight. You've got your own words from God, your own promises. It's not it's not just not just something you wake up tomorrow and decide you're going to do it's not just something that falls into your lap there's there's got to be some pursuit there's got to be preparation there's got to be some dying out to some things god i i pray that you would help us tonight lord out of out of all the times of the year to teach something like this when many of us myself included lord i i readily acknowledge the distractions of of the holidays and plans and buying gifts and all of those things that this this seems such a such an odd timing but i i trust what i believe you've given me god so i pray that you would help us help us god to make up our minds we don't want to just we don't want to just sit down in the valley and look up at the peak it's a, it's a lot easier just to stay in the valley and look up at the top of Everest. It's, it's a lot easier just to kind of walk around down in the valley and look at the top. Whole lot less work. Is that what you're interested in? And you're just interested in staying down where the oxygen is good and the temperature is just right and the conditions are just so? Or, or is there something inside of you that says what, what Caleb said when they got into the promised land? I want my mountain. I want my mountain. I'm thankful for the stories that we've got in the history of this congregation. I, I'm thankful when I hear Bishop talk about the revivals of the 80s and the 70s. I, I'm thankful for all of that. But I, I, I want my mountain. I believe I'm amongst some people that you want your mountain. But It, it comes with a cost. It comes with an investment doesn't come with just a casual commitment. Help us tonight. Help us tonight, God. It it may not be, it probably won't be the same price that, that Paul had to pay for those experiences. But just as Paul had to pay a price, there's a price to pay. But oh God, the experience is worth it. What you do in us and through us it's worth it. The impact that it has on others, it's worth it. God, help us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God. I pray that there would be a a fresh and a new linking up of the generations of this congregation. God that the elders amongst us who are they've fought their battles and and they've been in their wars and and god that they're they're now in a season where their their physical abilities and energy is not the same but their their wealth of knowledge and information and experiences is so great god let let there be a linking together lord that this younger generation that you blessed us with here with the zeal they're full of zeal and passion god energy and strength that That there would be a linking together, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the power of your Spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name, praise God, praise God, amen, God bless you, uh, if uh, we don't see some of you on Sunday, pray that you have a wonderful Christmas time, whatever your plans are, that things go well and you have an enjoyable restful time in Jesus name God bless you